0: But uh, it's exciting that, that we're that we're continuing on in our second Peter, second uh, second Peter talk. We've we Pastor Brandi laid it out. The book of second uh, Peter has three sections to it, and so we cleverly named our series Truth, which is you know, the, chapter one lies, chapter two, and then the end of all things uh, is chapter three. So we're going to start talking about lies. Today, so that's kind of our that's going to be that's going to be our uh, kind of our, our our focus a little bit today. How to spot them, but before we get into that, I just kind of want to want to want to start with this. Uh, I remember early on, uh, growing up, we had one of those televisions that that you you know kind of had the big old the big knob that just you know kind of you know you kind of click it. You don't really have like you know so many things, and so what you know what are the downsides? to that or upside however you want to look at it was you know once you kind of find a channel you think you might like you kind of okay you go sit down get comfortable but then if it ends up being something you don't like you really just you know you got some decisions to make you're like I, do I got to get up again like and just really get all the way you know walk over there and like turn it again and so often i would i would end up just you know end up watching something i didn't want to really watch but i'm like too lazy to like get up there it's just like a real life was hard growing up that's what i'm trying to say life was so hard no, but but I, I remember getting stuck on you know for for in the Portland area the, the the Christian the Christian channel the TBN or whatever whatever it was back then uh, was came in real strong and so you know I'd kind of start on that a little bit I remember as a little kid at early an uh, early memory watching one of those you know televangelists you know the big hair channel the guys that got like just the impressive you know, mop of hair on their head, and they're all like, you know, fancy suits, and they talked funny, and, and you know, everyone was wearing a ton of makeup there, you know, the men and the women. It's like, I remember watching, and, and hearing, hearing a guy, you know, um, doing a, what was it, it was called like a praise-a-thon. You know, I don't know if a praise-a-thon, if you don't know what that is, it looks a lot like a telethon, just on the TVN channel, so they're just asking for money, 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 you know, give it in, cause so we can do this and this, and I remember just hearing, thinking of myself as, as a kid, I wasn't like, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, amazingly discerned kid. But I remember just thinking like, oh, okay, this guy's like just asking for a lot of money, like a lot of just over and over and over. And I remember then using a bunch of just, you know, churchy words, you know, words that we I would hear in church, you know, that, uh, you know, God wants blessings and, you know, that the, the, you'll be blessed and he wants to bless you. And you just gotta, you know, give, the, give your best to the Lord and all this. And I remember just thinking like, okay, these are all things I'm like familiar with. Like they're like, they're like they are words that people use, and like in church, and they have like spiritual meanings, I think. But like, doesn't feel right. Doesn't like sound right. Like, just not like something's like something's like you know, kind of wrong with that. And and there's a, I remember there's an interview with one of the guys on it too, and I just I don't know why it stood out, but they they were asking about he was talking unpacking God's blessing and why he needed to be rich, and so he could show God's blessing on his life. You know, because, you know, and his phrase was, you know, God didn't, God didn't, God doesn't want me to drive a Honda. And I'm like, huh, that's, that's interesting. I drive a Honda now. So I don't know, maybe I'm like, maybe I'm not, you know, doing well in my spiritual life. Uh, but, but, uh, but I just like like you know those things that just stick out as a little kid, and then I kind of like the older I get, the more I'm like, oh, okay, like, like that that felt wrong, sounded wrong because it was like one of my first interactions with like what I would call like you know false teaching, like kind of like something that's like not quite true, like because you know the more I learned about God, about it, the more I'm like, oh, okay, this, this this what he's saying is actually is actually kind of the opposite of what, like, Jesus would teach, you know, and so, so, but I remember as a little kid having that, like, one moment where I'm kind of like, oh, that's interesting, and it just kind of, you know, not everything about it was, like, a, some sort of, you know, prophetic thing, but it just kind of sticks to me, like, my first interaction with, with kind of, you know, false teaching and having to have that little discernment thing in you kind of be, would be like, okay, that, 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 that doesn't feel right. Doesn't sound right, and and so it, it kind of came to mind when I when I was studying for this thing because today we're really unpacking false teaching and kind of on how to how to spot it, how to recognize it, what it you know and and, and so we, we we think that you know sometimes it can be subtle, sometimes it can be overt, sometimes you know we know what's happening, sometimes we don't know what's happening, and it's 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 interesting. So Second Peter gets into this gets into this this you know kind of deeper. He's like, uh, you really got to watch out for this. And so, so just to be on the same page a little bit, I want to uh, define kind of what I mean when I use the word false teaching, because it could mean a lot of things, a lot of different things, a lot, of, a lot of people. So when I when, when I'm using the word false teaching, what what how I define it is this: is that it's it's false teaching contradicts contradicts the fundamental truths that we read in the Bible. So so it's a teaching that that goes against the core of of what we read in the Bible. It's different from, hey, you and I have a different take on, on um, uh, a biblical view. You know, you, it's a different take than, hey, you think that, you know, maybe like a once saved, always saved versus, you know, lose your salvation. Okay, we can kind of agree to disagree and have some good biblical, you know, uh, standings on that and, or a good biblical dialogue on that and kind of both be good standing with God. But there's some core values that if we disagree on, we're really outside of the realm of Christianity. And we're really outside of the, of of what sound teaching, and so you know even and they usually involve you know kind of nature of God, who God is, and and tend you know tend to always be like what God wants <laughs> from us, and and then salvation issues. Those are seem to be the ballpark in which we run into a lot of this like false teachings are in those areas, and even today you know you you run across you know, hear terms like the, the uh, prosperity theology, right? The, where you get some folks who teaching that God wants us to be rich and he just wants us to have money and show us, show us affluence. Like, you know, God doesn't want you to drive a Honda, you know, and, and, and you know, don't want that. You know, he wants you to drive. I don't know where you go from that. I love my Honda Odyssey, great minivan owned it for like, you know, 14 years or something like that, it's like, it's awesome, like, I don't know how you can go up from that, you know, so it's like, I thought, I thought the Lord has been blessing me for the past 14 years, I mean, it's got, you know, the side doors that go open, one of mine even still works, and so, it's like, man, the Lord's blessings are upon me and my 14-year-old Honda, so, uh, not good enough for that one guy, but uh, anyway... So, so but falsity looks like, you know, that, or it looks like, you know, teachings, you know, where, you know, there's no sexual boundaries. You come across some teachings that are like, hey, you know, everything and anything goes. God doesn't have any boundaries. You just, you just gotta go for it. Or the, uh, hey, if, if you feel it, if if you feel it, then, then go, you know, embrace it because your feelings are what guides you. And we run into some teachings like that. And that's dangerous because as we all know, you know, whenever we don't eat, we get hangry. My feelings are dramatically different than when I do. And so if I just follow my feelings, you know, they, they go up and down with how healthy I am, right? It's kind of strange. But yet we run across teachings that do, that, that run across So So Peter had that back then and, and, and we even have that today. When you think about people who, who may be involved with, you know, uh, cults or, or false teaching or whatever, they get in for, for a number of reasons. And I think one of them one of the reasons we get into it is possibly ignorance. Like we don't, not, not like in a, in a negative sense, but just in a, hey, I'm not super familiar with, with the Bible, I'm super familiar with Christianity, but what this guy's saying sounds good, it feels good, they're nice people. And so I'm just gonna go all in with this, with this, with this thing. And somehow you can get caught up get in a uh, sitting under you know, false teaching because of that. Maybe it's because of rebellion. You grew up in a tradition that has uh, that, that was you know one way, and you're like, oh, well, I'm out of here. I don't want to think do because I had a bad experience, here, so I'm just going to join something that's just you know totally different, or, or maybe you might even be a, a part of you know sitting on a false scene because it sounds fun, because a lot of sin sounds fun for for a period of time. A lot of it you know works out for a little bit until it doesn't, and so wherever, for whatever reason we we, we get into these, um, we can get under these these teachings, and and it it's a big deal. And so we're going to unpack how Peter feels about it, how God, what God thinks about it, and kind of the seriousness of it all, and then kind of some ways to spot that kind of teaching uh, as well. So we're, if, if you'll openly if you have your Bibles, or you can also you know, follow on the screen, we're going to do uh, 1 Peter 1. So we're going to do First Peter 1 through 10. First thing I want you guys to, to, to really know as we look into this is this, that false teachers are around and should be taken seriously. So our fa- false teachers, they exist. They're 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 around they were back when Peter said they are today and we need to take them seriously not their message seriously like what they're saying oh that, that that's great i should really take that serious but no no what i mean is that we need to to really take their misuse of the bible seriously and and we need to take take what's happening there seriously let's let's go we can kind of see why here as we, as we dig into it let's look at verse 1 it says this but there were also False prophets among the people, just as there were false prophets or false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even deny the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. So Peter has quite the transition here, quite the transition. He goes from chapter one, uh, chapter, uh, chapter one. we just get done reading, he just gets on talking about uh, Old Testament prophets, once from God and saying how, you know, hey, they connected a lot of dots where Jesus is the Messiah. And, and so, you know, there were these, these Old Testament prophets that, that spoke of this. And then we see that the, at the verse one, the, the but at the beginning of the sentence, but there were good prophets, but there were also false prophets. Prophets that were not from God. Prophets that were not uh, that were not supporting the message that, that they had been given. Prophets that were not teaching what God wanted them to teach, but pulling people astray. And then he says, not only were there false prophets, but today there's false teachers. So he, he brings it home to his audience saying saying that there were false prophets back then and there's false teachers now. And I do say there's and for us even, you know, 2000 years later, there are false teachers now. He talks about there there, there, were, there were false prophets, there are false teachers, and that they secretly introduced heresies. They secretly would introduce heresies, meaning that they would covertly, subtly, without people knowing, bring false teachings into, into the church. Now, now these are like these aren't like I, hey I misunderstood what he meant to say or or they were these weren 't you know uh, these weren 't things that were just you know um, necessarily accidental, but these were these were subtle heresies as we read there that were destructive they secretly introduced it because you could have inferred people weren 't paying attention the, the, then that 's how you get things done secretly folks aren 't paying attention so you, you can do Secret things. If I don't pay attention to my kids, they're going to secretly just eat any bit of sugar in my house. I got to pay attention, right? So they're secretly getting these things into, uh, into the house. And even listen, these were not subtle. Even denying Lord Jesus the sovereignty that He has, even denying the core of Christianity, which is that Jesus is Messiah. So, so not only did they bring in these secret heresies, they brought in like they brought in that this was in fact like, contradictory to the very message. Like the complete antithesis of what had been taught to that point. They even brought that in. Which is a, a really big deal to Peter because when you start questioning his deity, remember, Peter was the guy who would who was, you know, zealous, who would question Jesus and, and would, you know, be bold for him and then and kind of fall. But then once Jesus rose from the dead, you know, he's there. He's restored as as gonna be the rock that this church was and he's sitting here like I saw this, I saw Jesus raised from dead. I was there i like I interacted with him afterwards, and now you're just going to deny who he is, like the very like core you're going to let these guys in, and so Peter did this is a very big deal and and he says what what is there what what do they got coming from of swift destruction these guys will bring a swift destruction on themselves. This is very, very serious stuff because if they get a following, that means that means if people listen to them. That means they're pulling away people from God. That means people who w- did have their eyes focused on Jesus had now have their eyes focused on some dude over here that's n- nobody. And 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 the the what's at risk there is, is eternity. So it's very serious. Second kind of point we get here in, in verses two and three is this that false teaching encourages, encourages opinion while discouraging the Bible. That's what false teaching does. It encourages opinions, share what you think, what do you feel, but it discourages what the Bible actually says. Verse two, many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories, their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. It's intense. So, so what do we know from this? Well, uh, many will follow them, right? You see that? It's pop, they're popular. These pop, what, what, why are the teachings popular? Well, I mean, if we were just to say, hey, God wants you to be rich, have just like a ton of money, you're like, awesome. I think so too. I want to be whatever you're, you know, whatever you're a part of. Like, or you're, you're, you're a part of a, you know, you got to think you said, God, God just wants you to do whatever you want to do. Just do whatever you feel like. There's no there's no like uh there's no boundaries. If you feel it, you know, that means that feeling is from God. You should just act on it. You're like, awesome, I've been doing that my whole life. This is great, you know? Like, like but 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 those that's not biblical truth. <laughs> but it's popular. You can get a big crowd, you can get people being like, oh man, finally, somebody that like, you know, just I don't have to change anything I'm doing by you know following them. I can just kind of do it and I can be a part of this thing. It's like great. No, no, many will follow. So, so, so the false teachings can be popular. Um, also, the teachings lead to uncontrolled lust. It's kind of what that term that we that read there, the, the, uh, the, the way of truth into disrepute. That's kind of different. Ver- your different versions say it in very different ways, but the, the kind of the Greek context of that thing is that it's that it's like an uncontrolled lust. So all of these these teachings just just lend themselves and lead to just non controlled anything goes, embrace it all. That's what is the result of that, which is very uh, very anti-Jesus, anti Jesus, uh, anti Bible. Also, you'll see that in their greed, verse 3, in their greed, these teachers exploit you. So the, the people who are leading this are greedy. People who are leading are greedy, and they're going to exploit you with, with their stories, their opinions. They're just going to say things. They're just going to make up stories. They're going like, to twist things. They're going to use words that sound churchy and words that we're familiar with and vague Christianese, so to speak, that kind of like, give us the, the illusion of spirituality while simultaneously saying nothing. Have you ever heard that where people are, are, are talking like such Christian terms like I don't even understand what you're saying. It sounds like super holy but I don't understand these words. You know like the, 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 it's, it's the, the confuse and, and manipulate with these stories and, and really it's denying the, who Jesus is. So Peter had a problem on his hands that there were people teaching what is not true and there were folks that were following them. Why is it the false teaching? The false teaching always tends to have a few different, like, characteristics in mind when you look at, like, kind of the head of it. Look at the head of it. I, want, I, I, love, um, I love watching documentaries or, do, or docu-series. I, if you, I if you guys do as well. It's like the perfect blend of, like, laziness and education because, like, when you're scrolling through, like, the Netflix section of documentaries, you're like, oh, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn. So that's like school. It's like cool, so I can just like lay there, you know, and just get on my sweats and watch things and feel awesome that I'm being educated, but not having to do anything because I'm still just sitting there on my couch. But it's a documentary, so I feel like I'm I'm learning. It's great. Well, one of the one of the one of the one of the, the documentaries that, that I was just I, I kind of rewatched this year because my family we went on a, a fun um, trip to the the uh, Washington family. Camp this last this last sort a family camp where you can kind of go to and they have the the things for families can get together and do some have some fun together and spend family time is it great it's fun but it reminded me being out there of course maybe you know where I'm going with this uh, there's a there's a documentary on on Netflix I don't I can't recommend it because I see yeah, it's a little edgy but like it's about the Rajneesh forum the 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 cult that was out there in, in in Central some of you have been around for a little while probably remember remember that here or you know I grew up in the Portland area so I remember. I remember that as well just kind of happening but, but what's interesting is you kind of go through that and you, you look at okay you know every cult always seems to end up with dude in charge has you know all money points to them right they always seem to be kind of the most wealthy in the room right shockingly God wants them to have a lot of money shockingly you know God wants that guy to have the most ladies that always seems to be a piece of the puzzle whenever you're starting your own cult right uh, and, and, and then the most power it's like, it's like all those things kind of, you know, you, know, uh, you know, money, lust, and power. They all kind of tend to be, when you look at these, these teachings, you look at some of these false teachers, those seem to be components that seem to be consistent. Peter mentioned those in here, and it's, 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 those always kind of seem to be a part of that. And, and it kind of seems to be one of those things where, where uh, once you look at it, you step back, you're like, okay, that, that's not quite what God had in mind, but it, it would be what Satan would have in mind to pull people away. It's, it's, it could be attractive for a period of time. It can be enticing for a period of time, where you just want to latch on to that. So, so when when and, and people really who, who join those sorts of things are looking for community, they're looking for belonging, they're looking for you know to be a part of something. And so, for whatever reason, they get kind of wrapped up in this. And so, the the warning is for us to to be paying attention to this stuff. It's a big deal. And and Peter emphasizes here. Well, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase verses four through ten because Jesus, uh, Peter talks about how serious God takes these things. Verse four through ten, there's three examples that Peter Peter uses to talk about how seriously God takes takes this stuff. The first, the first is is he he references Peter references the angels, a fallen angels. So so there, there was a time when when Satan led by a third of the angels. It, the Bible says that took them. And they, they wanted to rebel against God because you know the devil thought he he was you know could be just as good as 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 God and so a third angels followed him. We call them we call them you know demons, fallen angels now, and, and talked about how God's wrath was on them, he cast them out, some of them you know in, 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 into the abyss. So God God was God was angry with their rebellion. Then he brings up Noah and and how the, the, all the rebellious people are happening during his time. And, and how God interacted there and, and with Lot with Sodom and Gomorrah and how, how bad the cities were and how, how much uncontrolled they were and so God brought, brought his judgment upon them and talked about how serious God is about these false teachings he brings up these examples to let, to, to let the readers know that it is a big deal it is a big deal that, we, that, that, that we're, we're following what God intended and not getting deceived with these plans. So not, not only getting deceived, but that you don't become a false teacher as well because there is a future for you and it's not good. And it is not good. And so, so the, the, the question really comes today, what we we'll want to unpack is, okay, what, what uh, do we do to spot a false teacher. How do we? How do we spot this? How do we look out for this? So the, today's going to be kind of a mix, uh, just pretty practical, pretty practical. And I, and I, and I want to start with kind of kind of illustration. Those of you who know me know uh, how much I like um, being close to the outdoors, but not in them fully. You know that's why that's why Bend is like this this wonderful mix of like I can I can kind of dress a little bit outdoorsy, I can feel outdoorsy, but I don't have to get out of my car. You know I mean I mean I can go like cut down uh, a you know Christmas tree you, know, you get a little tag it 's five bucks you just drive a few minutes and go you know you know maybe like a hundred yards off the road and just uh, bring my you know saws on and just power tool cut it down, and then uh, bring back like that's super outdoors You i 'm good for like a few months with that but uh one of the things that you use when you 're in the outdoors i 'm told is, uh, is, is 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 a compass i don 't know if you guys ever ever you know used one of these these uh, uh, I don't really call them analog compasses, like, you know, functional, one of these guys. I was, I was looking for a, uh, for a cool one. I had to actually go buy this one because I didn't have one because I'm really outdoorsy. <laughs> but I asked, I, I, I called a couple, a couple of friends to see if I could get a hold of a cool and one. And one of them told me one of the most amazing uses for these compasses. So they have mirrors in them, right? And he's, he asked me, he's like, so what do you, do you know what the, the mirror is? I'm like, well, of course I know what the mirror is. You like signal. You signal planes, right? I'm like, I'm outdoorsy, kind of. I know how to do it. He's like, no, it's it's so you can uh, look at it and see who's lost. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, that was an awesome joke. Troy, a so, total dad outdoor joke. Awesome, that was great. So that's like that's like worth it. I thought it was hilarious, but anyway, uh, he was he, they, cool. I tried to get a cool, but I had to, you know, I got this one. But a compass is an interesting ancient piece of uh, machinery here, and it's like it's one of these things where you know I'm told that the Earth uh, has a, a, a magnetism to it, right, north and south pole on it, and so you get one of these one of these compasses, and they have a, they also have a magnet pole. And where if you hold them at the right at the right angle, without any of the edges touching, it'll you'll it'll always point you to which way. Which way is north? It's that way, by the way, according to that. Uh, it's a compass. But what I thought of, was so like no matter where you go, no matter what direction you are, no matter what, what spot, th- like this is always gonna tell me. This is always gonna point me to where north is. If I get turned around, if I get, if I, you know, get dizzy, if I'm, if I'm a pie, if I'm a bloke, wherever, this will always be able to show me where's north. Where's and, and I can I can get my brain. I, I know where to go based on on this device and so what what obviously has came to mind you may you may already kind of know where I'm going with this is 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 that when it comes to false teaching when it comes to looking at something is true or something is not Jesus is our true north by which all teachings we come across are measured Jesus is the true north when we when we when we hear something. When we hear something and our, in our um, we, we think, okay, is this, is this, is this right? We, we, we line up, what, what did Jesus say about it? What, 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 did, what did Jesus say? What did he, does, this, does this jive with what he was, was talking about? Is this something that, that's like cohesive with the life of Jesus and, and what he taught? When, when I hear someone tell me, hey, God wants you to be rich. God wants you to have you know, a ton of money to show his blessing. And then I, I, I read what Jesus said, which is, hey, it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than a rich man to get to heaven. And he says how hard it is for rich people to get to heaven multiple, multiple times. Okay, like those things don't line up. Those things don't line up. Not saying it's not bad to have a lot of money at all, but also saying like that's not like, that's not something that everyone is called to be filthy rich. It's, I, I, it's hard to get into, to heaven. Like the love of money is... is the root of all evil like like there's some there's some scary things here when you start when you start matching up but we we have to constantly look as is Jesus is our true north. Jesus is the guy we keep going back to. What did he say about it? Does this match with that? And we've got to always have that as that is our first that's our first defense. Let's look at John 14. John 14 has Jesus talking about this issue and he really kind of explains it real well in, in a well-known verse and we'll kind of unpack a little bit around it but John fourteen six, Jesus is being asked by his disciples he's kind of talking about what's going to happen at the end predicting his death and guys are asking okay so how are we going to know like the way to find you how are we going to know how, to, you know, how are we going to know the way and he says this in fourteen six, Jesus says I am the way I am the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me if you really know me you'll know my Father as well for now on you do know him and have seen him. Jesus definitively tells us who he is. He definitively tells us that he is the way. He and the Father are. You see, Jesus. You see, God the Father. He, he starts to explain a little bit of what what that relationship the, the, the he is, is like, what that's like. And so, as we think of okay, what's the way to God? What's the true way to understand truth? What what is true? What's not true? We see what Jesus. It claims to be the way, the truth, and the life. We don't get to see God except through him. Well, 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 that's a big deal. We should be paying attention to this. He even goes on, verses 9 through 11, says this. Anyone who's seen the Father, has, or seen me, has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me. The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. And so Jesus is letting them know you've seen me, you've, you've seen God. He's letting us know that, that he and God are on the same page. He, he and God or he's explaining a little bit of the, the, the Trinity right there, and he's saying that when we see Jesus, we're we're seeing God the Father, And so pay attention. Match, match that up. Jesus is our guide. Jesus is that, that true north that we can always, always, always look to. So Peter gives us the warning, false teachers, and what their future is. Gives, gives, gives us that warning. Um, and then Jesus gives us the standard in which we, we live by, the way we we measure everything, measure all the teachings that we hear, everything we get, we, we we line it up with that. But we still have a role to play. You and I still have something. We can't just sit back and through osmosis just absorb uh, this this sort of you know knowledge about God. Coming to church is is a, is a part of the puzzle. It's great. And, and it's good to get together in worship. It's, it's encouraging to be together in worship. You know, Pastor Brandon, you know, is, spends a lot of time in the Word preparing the sermons. And we, so when we come up in front of you, like, like, we're, like we're giving you as, as much Bible as we can and applying it, but, but you still have to do something. You still have a role to play. I still have a role to play as an individual that only you can do. And what is that? Well, here, here we go. Understanding your Bible reveals truth and exposes lies. So as we understand what, what, what this book says, when we understand what this book says, we're able to see truth and also we're able to see what's a lie. Because as we understand this, so the lies become evident as we familiarize ourselves with the scripture. And so I got kind of four things that are very, like, you know, utilitarian, just, just you know, tactile things that, that, that we can do that I want to encourage you. These may seem simple. These may seem, you know, kind of like, yeah, yeah, I heard that in, like, Sunday school. If you went to Sunday school as a kid or um, they may seem, you know, even, even juvenile. However, however, it's you and I's job to get into the Word. We've got to get into it. In fact, before we get into the list here, I want to look at Acts 17. There's a group of people that are, that are commended for their for their devotion. It's Acts 17, 11 says, Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see what Paul said was true to see what if paul said it was true so this group of jews were were being commended because they were taking everything that he was saying that paul was saying and they were taking this bible and they were and they were saying okay does it does this match let me tell you it doesn't matter what my opinion is it doesn't matter what pastor brandon's opinion is if you just ask what our our opinion is that that, that's that's not the right question opinions don't matter opinion what what the scripture matters now, when you come, when people people come to us for you know uh, you know pastoral counseling or advice, like like we try as much as absolutely possible, give give wise biblical advice, but we try to let them know where we get that. What like why do we think that way? Or you know, but but opinions don't matter. Opinions it's, we got to you got to everyone anybody tells you cross check with what the Bible says. You may, it may be compelling. It may be articulate. It may just sound great, but we have to be checking what is said with the scriptures. So here's the kind of the four things that that, that I see we need to, to or we can be doing that are you know kind of tactile, but but the, to, but in order to spot a false teacher. So here it is. First thing to help false teaching is this super profound, right? Be in the Bible. Just just get get in it. Okay, I don't know what you're waiting for. If you want like a, you know, you gotta get the fancy leather bound one or you wanna get like this kind of version of it or you wanna, but just, no, no just, just get in it. I'm not saying for how much time. I'm not saying for, for the, you know, the length of passage, but we just, we have to be in the habit of getting into this thing. The great thing is we have so many ways to get into it these days. There's no excuse. You can, you can, you know, uh, podcast it. You can, you can get an audio version of it. Or you have someone, you know, read it to you while you're driving. You can, you, can, you know, do the, you know, do an old school paper if you want to. You can do it on, on a t- tablet, on a device. There's so many different ways. But we have to be the ones that are getting in it. No one can do it for us. We've got to be the ones, like, like, familiarize yourself with this. You know, just one verse is better than no verse. Just if it's one verse at a time, that's fine. But we have to be it in one way, shape, or form. And engaging in God's word ourselves, somehow. The next, the, the next is, is is kind of a, a, an important one as well. We have to know how to get answers. We have to know we, we have to know how to research. You know, some of you went to school, or, or you know, just, you had to learn how to study. You to, like like I remember having to like learn what to how to actually study, which sounds funny, but like you're thinking like it doesn't just happen. And there's, there's, there's ways, and, and, and different ways to do it, but we have to actually know that if I have a question, if I got a hard question, I got to know how am I going to get an answer to it? Because, because we have a lot of hard questions. We have a good, good, you know, good questions are good to ask, but, but how, do I know how to actually pursue an answer to that? So I, here's, there, there's, there's so many great ways to, to, to go about this. And so one, I listed them up there. If you want to pull out your phone, you can take a picture of this. Some of you may be familiar with some of these. You may even have other ones you go to. I just, I just listed a few. I right, just a few, but up here you have, you know, the Bible Gateway. That's kind of the My Bible app. The Bi- if you guys have a Bible app, you could, you know, on your phone, on your tablet. Uh, they have all sorts of great, like they have reading plans. They have, you know, t- it's topical studies where you can look at verses on certain topics. Uh, it's great. You can even do like reading plans with other people. It's, it's just a really powerful, free, resource you can download uh, download the bible so it's offline so you don't have to have internet access that it, it's just the bible gateway is a great way to go the the second one there the got, gotquestions.org it's a it's it's a good it's a great website where you like have a whole list of just topics of all the, the hard you know topics, and then they give you answers to what these these questions might be. Like, well, did Jesus ever say that he was the Son of God? And they have an answer with all these verses to it. You can go to it's just an index of all sorts of different things. They got an app too, so you can actually like just you know download the app. I didn't know they had an app till I, I just thought I'd check this week when I was doing this. They have an app, so it's great. But they have that has a, is is a pretty reputable place where you can go. Just quick reference. Quick, quick reference to a hard question. Reasonable Faith down there, that's William Lane Craig. If you don't have uh, Pastor Brand uh, references him often. He's a great apologetics guy, does a lot of debates with you know atheists and has a lot of good material out there. His site just has tons of resources for apologetics, for hard questions in life. Uh, lots of lots of Bible to kind of back up where he gets the answers. It's a great resource to go to. Uh, uh, SeanMcDowell.org as well. He's a, he's a professor of son of Josh McDowell, who's kind of a, a, a famous... Um, you know a uh, author and an apologist in the Christian realm he's got great material too uh college professors a lot of stuff that's kind of like young adult oriented for um, you know college age very consumable. But these guys all have, you know, YouTube. They've got the Instagrams and all the other stuff that the, that the kids are into these days, too. So if you want to take it, use that, you can. Bible.org is, is another place that has good answers, too. And then if you really want to get crazy, if, like, you just want things are getting, like, nuts, and you're like, I'm, gonna, I'm really going to go crazy and study, you get, get yourself a good Bible software. Uh, good balls. Now, that, Bible software—it's not. I almost it's not fair. Like, I, I, part of me is like a little, little annoyed because when I went to school, it was before really people would take laptops to to class. It was kind of on the verge a little bit. But I remember sitting in the library with a table as big as this, you know, thing I'm standing on, and we'd go to like the concordant or the commentary section. If I was doing like Second Peter, I'd grab a book. You know, it's about that big that I had to like. You know, lift with my legs and not my back with, and I'd get like five of those things, and I'm laying them out in this huge expanse and just happen to flip paint, and all it, it was crazy. But now, with the Bible software that's out there, you can have I mean, when I was studying for this, I have like six, seven commentaries open that are all, you know, kind of following the, the Bible thing that I'm looking at, and it's like it's just not even fair, but it's awesome at the same time. So, you know, if you're interested in that at all, Logos is kind of one of the big dogs that's out there as far as the endless resources it's amazing that can really take things to the next level as far as your studying goes for me personally learning how to use that uh, just even the last within the last ten years has really changed my my uh, you know understanding of God. i will be able to like study so much better than I was before. It really like kind of like made things new and, and different. So, um, they have things like eSword is a free resource. Accordance up there, that's a free software. Pocket Bibles another one. Olive Trees another one. It's kind of it's interesting. So if you're if you're serious about wanting to kind of learn more, it's very consumable these days. There's no excuse. We don't have any excuse. Well, the, other than I just don't want to learn more, and if you don't want to learn more, I can't help you with the you know with your desire, but but the opportunity's there. So so we, I, I want to encourage you. Um, these are ways you can find the answers that you're looking for. This is a way that you can do it, but it takes effort on your part. The the, the third thing to to kind of keep in mind there is to ask wise godly counsel. Ask why now now I know I just said opinions don't you know opinions aren't, aren't what we're looking for but the wise godly counsel that's where it comes in where i talked about we're, when we try and give advice we try to let you know how did we come up with that here's you know the bible says this so i kind of see in your situation this would work like if you don't if you're struggling with something seek wide wise godly counsel if you're hearing some teaching that doesn't sound right like bring somebody else along the journey with you that that you trust and, and d- dig into scriptures together Dig the scriptures together So, and then the the, the fourth and kind of last thing that we can do to kind of be uh, spot false teaching is just be on our guard, be on your guard. In other words, in other words, have a healthy level of skepticism. Like I'm a cynic by nature, it's kind of how I default. So when someone tells me, hey, uh, you know, God said this, I'm like, did he? Like prove it. I remember, you know, people, people in college. I remember a guy comes, hey, uh, so God, God told me that, you know, you should. I can't remember what it said, but he's like, God, you should, you should do this. You know, I was like, well, why didn't He tell me that? Seems to make more sense if You would have just told me. You know, I was like, you know I'm just like, like that's just kind of how I am, right? I'm a little, I'm a little uh, it's good and bad, I guess. But uh, but the, the point is like, don't just just don't take things at necessary face value. Uh, you know, be on your guard, like 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 the Bereans. Like when you hear something, like take this thing out. And, and check it. Don't assume that every single person you're listening to and some sort of authoritative, the guy with the mic, don't assume that they're necessarily teaching you what's the right thing. Now, I totally am, but everybody else is not. No, just kidding. But honestly, everything that Brandon says, everything that I say, like, like, like dig into it. Look, look at the scripture. Make sure that, that, that it's right. Because, because if you don't, and you just kind of let things happen, we, we we get let anything else in, into our in, into our lives and, and into our hearts. So I want to make sure that we are that we're on guard. So, so here's the most tactile takeaway from this thing, right? Get in the Bible, know how to how to get the answers, ask godly counsel, and then be on guard. Those are the ways that you and I could avoid false teaching, and we can spot them. You can spot them a mile away. When you understand the scripture, you can spot them a mile away, and you can help others see truth as well. So worship is going to come out, and, and we're, we're, going to, we're going to spend, this, this is great, I love how these things work out, but we're going to spend the last, the last few minutes of our time here just singing, singing about, about Jesus, Sing, focusing on Jesus, refocusing that he is our, our true north, and that he is the one, that we should be focusing on and 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 everything that we do everything we do should, should be Jesus should be the center of that so we